You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The Way Up North podcast is supported by Wooden Banana. Wooden Banana has delivered personalized wooden packaging for photographers since 2014 and has since connected with thousands of photographers from around the world. Their handmade wooden products range from CD and print boxes through to custom USBs, all individually engraved with your branding, giving your client delivery the love it deserves no matter where you are in the world. Wooden Banana has partnered with Way Up North for three events in a row and is offering a 10% discount on all their products using the purchasing code 110. So give them a look at woodenbanana.com or follow their store and Instagram via the hashtag woodenbanana. My name is Cole Roberts, co-founder of Way Up North, and in a moment, you'll hear the podcast host Jenny Hamar's hour-long conversation with Australian photographer Dan O'Day. Dan is a person with many layers, and as you'll soon hear, many of those layers are much deeper than his online reputation as Dan the Hilarious Guy with a cool accent. His charisma is legendary within the wedding community, and his infectious nature draws people to him in a natural way. But as Jenny found out, beneath the jovial surface is a serious side. So settle in, and here's Jenny's conversation with Dan, recorded in June 2016. So, um, so it's like quarter past nine your time, and you're yeah, yeah. You're it's quarter past. Quarter past be, sorry. Yeah, quarter past nine. Yeah, you know, hanging out in front of the computer. All right. Cool. Well, so I'm sitting in a studio in Vaxholm, Sweden. You're in somewhere in Sydney, right? Actually, no. I'm in I'm in I'm in I'm in a place called Queenie, uh, New South Wales, which is right next to Canberra. Okay. Which is which is the capital of Australia, uh, uh, which a lot of people don't know. Yeah. Okay. Good. Because yeah. I was about to say, yeah, that's right, but I had no idea. Uh, <laughs> And you have an awesome accent. I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to understand you, but I, I do. Oh no, no, no! Oh, that's good. That otherwise this would be pretty awkward. Yeah, that um, would be really, really hard. <laughs> so this is home to you. This is home. Yeah, it is. And yeah. yeah, I read somewhere on your website that you live in a tiny little house. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. I um, when I went up, the thing is, yeah, okay. So I'm a little bit guilty. I haven't updated my website in a while, so. The house um, is not so tiny anymore, so we've moved. <laughs> That's good. Is that a success just, or is it? <laughs> yeah, it's good. No, it's great. It's, just, it's a nice big old house now. Like we're in a big old house. It's about 100, 100 and something years old. So oh, wow. um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, we like old, you know, so it's still got the old factors. It's got higher ceilings and a couple of bigger rooms. Oh, that's And a nice. big dog, so that's, you know. Do you have the bulldog? 
Now I got a no, no, so I didn't get a bulldog. I got a Staffy in the end. Okay. Staffy. She's gorgeous. Nice. She's she's sleeping down there just at my feet at the moment. What's her name? Jessie. Jessie the dog. Oh, nice. Because on the website it said you were obsessed with bulldogs, but then that's changed yeah. as well. Well, I, I am, and we and we were at the time. So when, when I did that, I, I mean, you just reminded me so much that I need to update my bio. Well, anyway, so that's a side note, I guess. Well, but here's your chance to update your bio. Uh, here's my chance. Okay, so, so, progress, so progress is um, we've since yeah changed houses, and we're now we now have found ourselves a dog. We we found Jessie. She was um, we we wanted to have a, like a little French bulldog or a little bulldog, um, but. Um, we then, I don't know, we were sort of, we, we got convinced that it would be, would be a better option for us to, to get a, a, an older dog, um, go rescue an older dog, uh, you know, so we went around and, and looked online for dogs at the pounds that were, you know, up for adoption. That needed family. Yeah. 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 And we think, I thought to myself, staffies, I don't know. I don't know them that well. Um, that I'd always associated with a little bit of a bad dog, um, but they get a bad rap. So anyway, we went and met Jesse, and um, yeah, we sort of uh, at first we 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 didn't think she was the one for us, and we went away, and Andrew was distraught, and I was upset because we'd really had our heart set on her online, like a bad like internet date gone wrong or something. And <laughs> then we went. We, okay, so we stuck with my 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 about a week week goes past with my my sister and my mum driving through the countryside and um, my sister's a big advocate of, um, of staffy dogs. And she's like, you know, when you're getting a, when you're adopting a dog or you get a pound, you can't expect it to be perfect. It's, you know, you've got, you, you've got to understand what you're doing. You're giving it another life. Mm-hmm. You can't, on a new or perfect dog, you go get a brand new perfect pup. So I'm like, oh, that's enough for us. We went back and we grabbed her. Best 300 bucks we ever spent. <laughs> so, <laughs> She, we've had about a year and a half now, seriously, and she's like changed our lives. She's amazing. So, um, wow. So, what happened the first time? She just didn't take a liking to you, or what? What was it that turned you off first? Well, we were hoping for because we she was seven years old, and so we thought, and she had a she was used to, she was a bit of a puppy farm, so they they'd used her. So we sort of figured she'd be a bit more de- decrepit and a little bit more slow, um, which is kind of what we we're after. And um, when we she. <laughs> She came running in and jumped on us, and she was really, really excitable um, and had a lot of energy. And we we're like, and she was a bit dirty and a bit rough and a bit. She'd been mucking around with a bunch of other dogs out in the back. So um, we were, oh, she, I don't think she's that girl, you know. Um, we we're hoping for someone a bit more sedated. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the, the um, you know, so that the when we told this to the um, the lady that was looking after them at the at the pound, she. She said, I promise you, Jessie's like that. Look, here's a few photos. She sent us a bunch of photos of her, like, sleeping all over everything. And uh, <laughs> she just sort of said, just please trust trust us. You know, you'll, you'll make a good decision if you, if you take her home. So we did. And she's literally been sleeping on her neck, on our faces, and on the couch ever since that year and a half. So she has that first energy, like, once a day. <laughs> I'm laughing because though most people get dogs like for the energy to like get out and exercise oh, and like have the the playfulness and you're like no we want like a decrepit <laughs> yeah we wanted a decrepit old dog that was like warm and furry that we could sort of like just spoon with and just and just well low maintenance you know like with yeah. work we sort of 
you know, we're not home a lot. And um, so uh, we, we wanted a dog that would be easy for other people to sort of jump in and look after for us as well. Um, yeah. rather oh, that dog that run around. And so, um, yeah, so it's actually worked out pretty good. So she has, she has energy at the right time, like when we get home. Yeah. She's like, it's like she hasn't seen us for 25 years, you know. She's just like, you go outside for five minutes, come back, it's the same thing. And then she'll just sort of die down and spoon for a while, so. Yeah, does, she, does she get, like, all nervous when you're packing your bags and stuff? Can she sense yes, when you're about to does. leave? She does. They're so intuitive. Like, she, you know, the suitcases come out, the zips happen. Um, you know, she or, I mean, even before, like, leaving in the morning, she knows what's going on. But um, but especially when we're getting ready for to go away. Like, if I have to get up and get an early flight, which is most, most weekends, you know, it's um, – we wake up before the sun comes up, you know, I'm getting a, a 6 a.m. flight and I'm like, we're running around, I'm packing my suitcase and blah, 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 blah. In the morning she, you're packing it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just really bad. I know. I do my best. I'm getting better. But I just sometimes I like to think and play it off, but I'm super I'm super planned when it comes to the pack. But often I might pack my attentions are good. Like I might pack it a little bit the night before. Um, but there's always something, you know, I leave it open and at the last minute I'm like throwing stuff in, pulling stuff out, just to the airport. So she knows, she sees that, when she sees that, she knows what's going on. She starts to whimper a little bit and get a bit Yeah. Uh, oh, that's the best part about dogs. They really are like so, can be so wise and. Yeah, they're, they're really intuitive. She knows what's going on. I really sort of, I don't know, you sort of, you sort of start to dance after a while, I suppose, and you sort of become in sync. And she knows she picks up on our moods, we pick up on hers. And, um, yeah, yeah I don't know, it's, a little, it's like any other family, I suppose. So are you, like, are you traveling every weekend now or how often are you away? Yeah, every weekend. Yeah, every so weekend. The, none, of my, none of my work is actually um, in my hometown. So I think, born, uh, like, nearly none of it, you know, like in the last three years I've probably shot um, – uh, maybe four or five weddings in my hometown. Okay, the rest are all away. <clears throat> and you fill you fill all the other weddings. I mean, throughout the world, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's a bit. It is crazy, actually. So, um, majority of them are still in Australia, but it, you know, I do, you know, x amount internationally every year. So, um, I, I would probably say. Maybe um, maybe a quarter of my weddings might be might be away overseas, and the rest are just in other cities around Australia. What's so, what's like the the most exotic place you ever shot a wedding? Exotic, Ooh, um, you know what i I don't know how I don't even know how to determine exotic. I guess that the, one of the places that or exciting. I, I mean, oh yeah, I think one of the I had a one of my sort of. Um, Oh, okay. I know. Yeah, one of my funny moments that I had a little while ago, it was about two years ago, and I was shooting in Monaco, and um, there was it was a two day wedding. So the day before, for this, these guys just caught me off guard a little bit. I'd never been to Monaco, and I experienced that much like wealth in my life. Um, and the, the, but what happened is they had a, a, a two day sort of wedding. So the night before. They had these, these guys were from Milan, so they were Italian and they had to legally get married across the border. 
So what they'd done is the night before they were having a little ceremony for a nine of their family and just them in a really old 13th century church um, across the border. And I wasn't set to shoot it, but at the last minute they sort of said, did you want to come up and do it? And I said, yeah, you know what, it was just for an hour or something I'll come across. So I jumped in the car with them and went across. Anyway, so we get to this beautiful old church. It's so small, it's so tiny, it's on the side of this mountain in this little tiny village. And um, it's just nine people in this, and it's just all done in Italian and I didn't understand a word. Um, so, you know, you sort of you have to call on your experience a little bit to kind of like work out when stuff's going to happen, you know, um, and will you, will you always make sure you've got like enough cameras around anyway. So um, we came out of the church afterwards. So I found that the, the ceremony was beautiful. But when we came out, a lot of the locals had – um, come to celebrate with the couple. So they came giving, they, they brought like warm champagne and uh, they brought milk and food and they brought instruments and they started playing for them to, as a way to say thank you for choosing their little church in their little town. Oh, um, I just got chills when you said that. <laughs> it was amazing. And so they start all just the nine of them start being serenaded by the local villagers as they gave them, you know, and then these guys are dressed in farming clothes, right? So they just come out. They got dirty. They got thongs on or flip flops, as you guys or whoever calls them, and uh, you know shorts and singlets and whatever. And they're just pouring warm champagne into plastic cups and offering them to everyone. Oh wow! And then just, um, bringing food and playing music. And I was just like, "What is happening?" You know. And this is this one. I still think probably one of the most beautiful ceremonies I've ever been a part of. And then the next day, you know, we had the Monaco wedding, which was very, you know, yeah, all over the top, um, but. Well, it was just myself and the couple in a little speedboat, well, a, a nice speedboat going across the harbour in Monaco. Um, and I was photographing them with just the sun setting on the, on the, on the harbour, you know, and that's when I had a bit of a, wow, how the, how the freak did I get here? You know what I mean? Like, how did this happen? Look at uh, me, like things that you get to experience just because you're kind of like you have the camera as an alibi somehow or. Yeah, it's like you get invited into these little bubbles of, of other people's lives and um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that that, so I guess to answer the question, that was one of that 24 hours yeah. was just really, and because they were, they were such a, so different, both celebrations, like the, 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 the day after was really, yeah. you know, it is, you know, I don't know, it was just lots of wealth and lots of wealth, I guess. And the day before was very rustic and very real and very, I don't know. It was Obviously. Nice. Sorry, obviously both are, I mean, awesome in their own right. But which which one appeals to you more of between those two styles? Uh, the, the first one. Yeah. Yeah, the first one. Yeah. I it's think more of, sometimes it feels like those big flashy weddings. It's like it's so made to be photographed that it's almost like it's like. Yeah. Or, yeah, or, or what do you think? I mean. Yeah, I think, you know, I think. It's hard. Like um, you shoot. I well, I just I, I used to when you know when I when I started off when I started getting really fancy weddings that looked really beautiful and were visually stimulating to photograph and amazing to be a part of. Um, it was really exciting to me because I thought to myself, "Hey, you know, I've arrived. I'm getting hired to shoot these really beautiful weddings." Um, but then I find myself like at some of them it's very ready at both. Like you get this sort of visual signalization. 
stimulation, stimulation, that's a word, visual stimulation, stimulation, uh, anyway, whatever. Um, and, you know, you get, as this, I'm on so much medication for my sickness right now. So oh, you have cool. to just go for my mental <laughs> failings. Um, anyway, so, um, but Ray can, you know, and sometimes you might have a little bit more low profile wedding um, and it's like highly emotive and there's a lot of t- that the couple gets to connect with the small with the guests and yeah it's it's not as big um so it's rare that you can make the two dance i think well not rare it's when it does it's really beautiful yeah it's kind of like a favorite combination a sort of sincere heartfelt celebration that's also beautiful to look at um so uh but you know the bigger weddings um with all the stuff that's all the shiny stuff um, I like them for different reasons, I guess. Um, I don't connect with them amazingly as uh, emotionally as much, but as, as just as a, a uh, photographer, um, I enjoy the action and I enjoy uh, being having to be on the ball and not having a second to really let my mind rest. Do you um, do you often do you party want- with the the bride and groom at those big kind of? I mean, I'm, I mean. You know what? I mean, unless whoever's listening and I, I actually have party with you, so strike you guys out. But um, generally, my rule of thumb is don't ever become a guest. Um, so, uh, you know, I got this advice from from, from another photographer years ago um, when I started out, um, and I've kind of always stuck to it. Like, I think I'm always like find it very hard. I, I'll have I'll have a couple of bevies here and there, and you know they say Dan have a drink. You know at, towards the end maybe you know I might I might have a couple of drinks, um, but I make it really I I I really make an effort not to become a guest at a wedding. Um, I'm always working. I don't yeah. put the camera I never put the camera down when they say put the camera down and have a drink. If I do that, I might as well go home in my opinion. So um, my job's not done until they receive their photos. So I can't relax. <laughs> Until that's happened. So I have a couple of bevies, you know, um, and I'll relax a little bit. But unless it's a friend's wedding, you know, maybe then I'll definitely yeah. cut yeah. a bit. I like that advice, though. That's nice. Yeah. So I heard that uh, Cole told me that, or and I saw on your Facebook that you are getting married. I am, yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> yes, am. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> like a weekend, like... Yeah, it happened like a well. I asked the question a week and a day ago, so now it's, it's so fresh. One week and one day of talk um, me through talk the day of uh, or talk uh, me through the engagement. Me. How did it happen? Oh, okay. So I just well, I was in New York about three weeks ago for a wedding, and I um, there's a one of my brides that I'd shot uh, previously over that way had put a um, put me onto this jewelry store that. Um, uh, sold this really great sort of antique or like old estate rings, and okay. um, and so I've been looking. I've been telling her how I was planning on asking Andrea, and so she goes, "Well, you've got to go here. You've got to go here." So I was over there and I went to the shop, and um, I was so nervous, like when I walked in, because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know like if everything would be way out of my price range, and I'd be that guy, like a male version of the. Of, Julia Roberts, a pretty woman, like when she walks in, she can't afford anything. And I come back and stay with all my shopping bags and tell them it's a big mistake. Um, so I, um, I ended up, yeah, just going in and just, you know, doing the good old arm, just having a little bit of a look around. And, um, yeah, anyway, they, they, they sort of, nothing on the walls. I liked a few of the things on the walls and they pulled out 
Um, she goes, hold on a second, I might have something for you. So she went out the back and she got up this beautiful little ring. Um, I don't know, it was just kind of right, you know. So um, got the ring. Like out, of a, like out of a movie, like, oh, I think I have just the thing for you. You know, it kind of was a little bit like that because I I was told um, – I, try, I initially was going to get a different ring completely and it was going to be really beautifully dis, over the toppy designed kind of thing. And, um, and I don't know, it just didn't feel right. And, um, and it, yeah, it didn't seem to really match what didn't match Andrea. Um, and so she's a little bit more of a, you know, I feel like she was born in the wrong era. I feel like she might have, should have been born around the, the, the 30s. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, well, anyway, so I was, I was telling this to the lady in the shop and, um, and she just sort of we're looking at all these rings, and I fell in love with a couple, but they were out, they were out of my price range, you know, they were they were a bit, they were a bit up there. Um, and uh, so she goes, I tell you what, hold on one second. And then so Andrea always said to me, she goes, if you have a fight, she goes, I don't care what you get, you know, if it's circle and it fits on my finger, that's great. Um, but she goes, if you ever just feel it, if you, if you find it, and it's something just feels right, just that's the one, you know. So. When she pulled out, it literally was like that. She came out and she just had this, and it's just like this little ring, this little simple, beautiful ring. Um, and uh, and I just, it was almost like when you find like a little puppy or something or something you connect with, you know, like straight away I was like, oh, it's I the found one. here you are, you're the one, you know. And so um, and I had to resize it for me, did that for me, and I came back and uh, picked it up a couple of days later after I shot the wedding and then um, – yeah, brought it home. And um, anyway, came home and uh, I had I thought I'd wait a month or something and then work out this really elaborate way of asking. And uh, uh, But I thought, look, you know what, I'll try and get um, her dad on the phone. He's from – because she's from Alaska originally. So um, I got – Andrea's mum knew I was wanting to get the dad's permission. So she messaged me and said, hey, he's up in his office. Now's a good time to call him. So I called him. Cracked up in a bottle of wine, and about ten minutes, I almost finished the whole bottle. I was so nervous. Asked his permission. Um, earlier that same day, my mum was like, "When are you going to ask her? Just ask her, get it over and done with." And uh, and when Andrew came back in the door that night, she said, "Let's go back." She was at the doctor's. She goes, "She goes." The doctor just asked me, "Did I bring? Did you bring a ring back from New York for me?" And and she goes, "I looked at him and just with a sad face said no." And she sort of just like wandered into the kitchen. <laughs> anyway, so I thought to myself, oh, this is too many signs. Like there's too much happening at once. So, And so wait, yeah. you had just t- spoken with her father then like earlier that day. Like, yeah, I li- like literally 20 minutes before she walked through the door, I just got the phone with, with her dad. And then she mentioned the doctor had asked, because the doctor knew I was going to New York and he knew that I was, you know, getting close to asking a big question. And um <laughs> So anyway, so I thought to myself, I'm going to keep the ring handy just in case because there's a few things like, you know, everything's lining up. Anyway, so we we decided to have some wine together and then a bit of Paul Simon goes on the vinyl, you know, fire's crackling away. Uh, you know, all, all the, wow. yeah, no, wow. all the, like, a bit of slap bass starts <laughs> kicking in somewhere and uh, <laughs> some baby oil spilt over and no, just kidding. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's topless and he's topless. That's right. Yeah, uh, we're drinking Kahlua and milk, and just you know, a Jamaican <laughs> band starts playing in the lounge room. Anyway, and so okay, so strike a lot of that stuff then. But anyway, <laughs> we just start chatting, and um, all of a sudden, it just uh, yeah, she was. We were talking about proposals, and um, I told her a little bit about 
her dad's her dad spoke about her dad marrying her mum, and she says, "I don't even know that story," you know. And I said, "Well, you know, uh, how do you think I know it?" And then at that time, it's sort of I was like, "Oh shit, here we go, it's happening." Yeah, I mean, yeah. like I. I found out today when I spoke to her, yeah, and asked this question, and then we both just like lost it. And so I got on my knee. None of us could get any words out. And uh, Jesse, the dog, was just watching, and uh, <laughs> it happened. So yeah. Oh my Pretty god! Sure. I got chills again. That's like the third time now. <laughs> Every time I do this, I'm like chills. That's really sweet. Like it just kind of came about organically, like without it having to be. Yeah, it didn't know. have to do anything too elaborate. And I'm not against people doing anything elaborate. I think it's great. Just do whatever feels right, you know. Um, I feel like, I don't know, I've never been good at if I buy someone a present, I always, I can't hold it for very long. So yeah. I think it actually, um, I think it just happened when it was meant to happen. Like I feel like I honestly believe that all those things happened that day for that reason. Yeah. And it led us yeah. for that in that time. And uh, yeah, so that's it. So now I'm engaged. So, okay, so, can I ask you a question about wait, Okay. Okay. Now I can hear myself all of a sudden here. Um. Hang. Okay. Oh. Hello. 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 Okay. There it's gone. Um. Quick question. Backing up. You said you called her father. That's. I mean, that is unheard of here. That you. You would never. All right. Yeah. You would never. <clears throat> I think that's a well. I mean, Amer- in in the U.S. where I grew up, yeah, people people do that. But where, yeah. how does that, I guess what I'm asking is, are you really asking for his permission or is it just like a nice thing to do to show respect? I guess it's a nice thing to do to show respect. Yeah. 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 I mean, if he didn't give me his permission, we'd have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it just seems like, like, I don't know, as a woman too, I feel a little bit like, like Oh, so it's up oh, to so these two men to decide, like, if this is okay. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. If a boy drag you home by your hair or something, yeah. It, like, it, I'm like, going to go to your father. I'm going to ask him uh, if this is a good idea or not. You know what I mean? It seems a little bit archaic. Yeah, no, I, I think it's all part of getting in with Dad, you know. I think it's, um, uh, I mean, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, you know, I mean, I was confident that he would be, the, I, I was confident that he would okay it. Um, but I think it's more just a tradition. I think it's just a tradition thing. You know, it's, it's just been done for as long as I, when I, as long, when I, whenever I've grown up my whole life, I've always planned on whoever it was going to be. I was going to always do that. I was always going to ask the parents or the father. Okay. Um, okay. Just more from a, I guess it's the old school in me, I suppose. Yeah. Is there? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, but I don't think it's I don't think it's about two men, yeah, deciding on the fate of this woman. I think it's more maybe it was back in the day when they invented it. But um, for these days, I think it's just a an ode to yeah. an old sister. Yeah. So we just talked about the engagement, which was awesome, yeah. and obviously, I'm I do want to hear more about Andrea as well, but um. Yeah. So how old are you right now? Just to I just turned 40. You did. So yeah. We're almost the same age. When did yeah. you turn 40? In January. Congratulations. Uh, thanks. I made it. 
You made yeah. it. <laughs> I was just talking <laughs> to someone uh, like right before this uh, podcast about how it's funny having a birthday. It's like you get celebrated for just like kind of waiting and surviving. I don't know. It's, it's like you yeah. haven't like achieved anything really necessarily, but you just. No, that's right. You just lived, you know. I think like, um, <laughs> you kind of, I, I don't out. know, someone, you go through like a little crisis. Like I, I definitely went through a little crisis um, in the lead up to turning 40. Um, oh, you did? Good. I, I mean, yeah. not good, but tell me about it. <laughs> no, I just, I did. I freaked out, you know, because, you, you know, ever since you're little, I mean, I went through the same crisis when I turned 25, but I went through another one when I turned 30. And when I turned 35, I had another little mini crisis. But then, um, yeah, and I'm sure I'll have another one when I turn 50. But it's it's just, um, yeah, you know, the big 4-0, you sort of have this sort of, um, I don't know, picture of what that is when you're younger, when you're growing up. And you always think that, you know, 40 is, I remember when I was like, you know, 10 years old, like 40 was like an old guy, you know. Um, well, it is. And, you know, and you sort of get there and you're like, oh, I'll be like, please don't. <laughs> Go gentle. <laughs> I'm, I'm 39 and a half, so I'm like way, okay, way out. I got a ways to go. Yeah, you're still in your 30s technically. I'm still in my 30s, yeah. So I wouldn't know what it's like. But tell me, what is, what's it like to be 40? No. Oh, it's amazing. All of a sudden, you know, you just know so much and you have so much advice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you in the next time I need some, some yeah. wisdom. No, but what, what what was the crisis like for this one? I mean, oh, I think it was just more. Um, I think it's actually a crisis that f- folds back from fifty. You know, I think growing up, I think fifty is the age. Like fifty is when you're in your head, you're like old, right? So as I get closer to it, I think forty is like ten years away from fifty. Then I think I just turned thirty. How where the last ten years go? I mean, I, even when I was 30, I wasn't even a photographer. I was even started taking pictures when I was 30, you know. So it's like a lot of, a lot had happened in my 30s, which is great, but it still feels like it wasn't that long ago. And so now I'm like, shit, it won't be long that I'm 50 looking back going, I just turned 40, and then before I know it, I'm dead. So that's, that's the um, – <laughs> that was the crisis I was going through. And then, that. you know, yeah, I think it, I think it's – I think a lot of people go through it. Um, but I, I, you know, another friend just, she just turned 40 and she, she, she gave me some good advice. She was sort of saying that, oh no, she put something online freaking out about it. And then other people gave her advice, which I read. Uh, and it was more just be grateful that you've made it to 40. You know, I mean, I know I've lost a lot of friends before this age, you know, and, um, and uh, there's a lot of people out there that, aren't as fortunate as us in so many ways and we'll probably never make make it to the big four oh. A lot of people don't even make it to twenty, you know. So yeah. I just started yeah. to adapt that attitude and it helped a lot. So yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I'm gonna steal yeah. that. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good one. I think it's the one that makes the most sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because we had this sort of stigma attached with a lot of things. I was having dinner, um having lunch actually with um, oh yeah with the Fortune and the North team. We're in New York we had, we had lunch a couple of weeks ago and we're having um, oh, yeah, okay. lunch, lunch with someone else and um, uh, Jess and then she, and, and, and she was just saying, you know, oh, someone I just met, you know, they're actually 40 years old, you know. And then I was just like, hey, I just turned 40. And she was like, oh, what, you know, you don't look 40 and all that sort of stuff. And um, the, way that, <laughs> the way that she'd said it was kind of like, 
Yeah, she said it how I have always thought of what 40 is, and then she freaked out when she thought that I was 40. Yeah. Um, and then I was kind of, like, confused emotionally because I'm like, well, she kind of just sort of made 40 sound old, but then she said that it's okay because I don't look 40, so you kind of, like, go through – I stepped into her body for a bit, stepped back into mine, stepped back <laughs> into hers, and realised that we just – no, everyone's so different, you know, like you can't, I've got 20 friends that are 25 years old that are way more 40 than I am and yeah. friends that are, you know, older than me that are, are way more 25 than them. So, but I mean, I don't know about you, but I would definitely not want to go back 10 years. I'm so much happier where I am right now than 10 years ago. How do you feel about that? Uh, I completely agree. Absolutely. 100%. So it, That's just, right. it is That's getting better and better. I mean, it's not it like is. you would want to turn back the clock and do it differently or do it like better. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't work like no, that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I had. I had to think about this. And I, you're right. I wouldn't. You know. I mean, I, I like sometimes I say, oh, you know, I would have started being fit earlier. I would have started, you know, doing whatever. But if I'd have done those things, I may not have ended up where I'm sitting right now. So, and you I'm said completely happy with the path. You said when you turned 30, you weren't even shooting. No. What were you doing? Um, so at that time, I was uh, working in a government job, and I was my, my, my biggest thing at that time was doing um, – well, I was, I was showing in galleries with my paintings, and I was playing in a band at the time that I was really hoping would be – that would be, you know, that would be my saving grace. So between my painting and my music, that was, um, that was what I was – they were my passions and what okay. I was pushing for a lot. And for my nine to five, I was working in the government. So I had a, a job in the government for nine, nine and a half years. So that, um, that there you were just like, you know, like um, clocking in and out kind of thing? Or were you engaged in that job as well? No, no, no. I was sort of clocking in and out, yeah. It was, you know, it was project management and, um, you know, medical medical research stuff that was sort of more taking care of the peer review process of some grant funding schemes and things like that. And so it was a uh, it was involved. It was it was a cool job. Like as far as government jobs go, I enjoy it. But I think it's mostly because I enjoyed the people around me. Okay, <laughs> enjoyed like my colleagues. Um, so we we had a lot of fun. That was cool. So that's why I was in the job for so long. Um, yeah, and, and then you were the, like by night you were painting and in this like amazing band and like well yeah we rehearsed yeah the, uh, yeah we 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 rehearse a few times a week and we we play you know we do stuff on the we do tours and we play on the weekends and get away and do whatever um, but I did that. I've been playing music you know by that stage for you know fifteen years um, what do you play and, well I, I I was drumming in one band for a, a long time and I was singing in another one for. a I was drumming in one for about ten years, and I sang in another one for about seven. Oh wow! So, and and which was your what was your like main thing, or were both equally? Um, they both had their own. Yeah, they were both pretty. You know, both bands. Um, I think fulfilled me um, equally uh, in different ways, yeah. and they both probably achieved similar levels of, you know inverted commas, success um, yeah. <laughs> with, with means, well, you know, as far as bands can be successful, which is basically to the level of, you know, being able to tour and get some free beers and food at gigs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not buying any mansions or anything, that's for sure. Um, and then, yeah, and then with my painting, it was just, um, you know, I would try and have a, have a, have a, uh, 
I'd aim for like one solo show a year. Um, so I was doing that. So, uh, so the list mm. of, of exhibitions that you, I saw on your, on your website, that yeah. was paintings. Uh, paintings and photos. And both. photos. Okay. So, yeah. oh, sorry. Yeah. So I started, then I went from paintings into art photography, um, and then started, started, started working. Um, how, how that transitioned was I, um, wanted to get into this gallery space really badly. Um, and it was a really cool space and, but it was part of a photo biennale at the time. So the only way I could get involved was if I did a photo show. Um, and so I, I, you know, played around like a little bit with cameras, but nothing too serious. Um, and then, uh, the guy that was living at the back of my house at that time, he was a lecturer in photo media at the Australian National University um, and a very quite prolific uh, photo artist. And so I um, said to him, hey, Dave, like I've got this space. I need to do a photo show, but um, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to use the camera. <laughs> like I, I'm going to buy a Mamiya RZ67. I need like, uh, you know, um, medium format film and I need to, she to show me how to use a light meter. So I bought the camera and bought the light meter and then he taught me how to use it. And then um, I shot the show and then that, I had my first show and that was 2006 was my first solo show. Yeah. Wait, you just like picked up a camera, took the photos and they were like, yeah, it's good. You can show here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it kind of worked out really well. It was funny. You know, I, um, I, 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 got, obs- that's, I got obsessed straight away. Like I was in it. So it was, I was shooting, um, I came up with the, the body of work. Um, and, and what was uh, it about? What, what did you shoot for that first show? It was called Still. Um, and it was, I'd, I'd shot, um, I guess, in the witching hour. So it was sort of, um, I, at that time I was, I was getting a lot of insomnia. So I wasn't, uh, I, I also struggled with anxiety quite a lot. Um, it's been something I've just had since my early 20s. But I wouldn't, I, a lot of the time I wouldn't be able to sleep at night or I'd wake up at three and then not be able to go back to bed. So, um, I thought, well, rather than sort of trying to fight it in bed and just looking at the ceiling for hours, why don't I get up and start to create some work in that time? And so, um, I started to shoot, um, shoot my subjects, um, between three and 5 AM. Um, and we'd, we'd, we'd meet, meet up and then go find, little pots, little pots and little pockets around, um, the countryside or around the, some cityscapes. And I'd just be a lone subject in a big space. And, um, your subjects being yeah. people, being people. Yeah. Okay. And, um, uh, you just all friends, you know, and, um, and you were like, meet me here at 3am. Yeah. And they were yeah. like, um, okay. <laughs> I know. Like now that I think about it, I, I'm like, seriously, like, I don't know if I do that for half my friends, yeah. so, like, but they would, they would do it. You know, um, and, and they'd be like, all right, you know, I'll come pick you up. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'd pick them up and, or whatever, and we'd shoot until just before the sun came up, you know, and then when the sun was up, we were done. Um, and, um, or actually well before the sun was up, you know, it was still be blue, you know, so that's, yeah. I didn't want to shoot anywhere outside of that. So, uh, I did uh, 16, 16, uh, pieces and I had them all printed, um, really big, really, really big. Um, like a meter and a half on the longer side, um, oh, and wow. it was six step four, so they were huge. That's um, and then I, yeah, did the show, had the opening, and um, I got a lot of media behind it. Um, and 
sold a, sold quite a bit of work, and a few of the works I sold were some, to some property developers in Canberra who are actually um, art by um, uh, art collectors, uh, photo collectors. So that's they incredible. Collect. Yeah, it I mean, just worked it, out that way, and that, it led to my first commercial gig, which was <clears throat> through them for their for their, their new precinct they were doing, and I just did it. Did, well, got to work with them with my uh, with the medium format camera and shot a billboard for them and, and some marketing material, and that was my first entrance into paid photography work, which eventually then led into weddings. Yeah. So, what year are we talking here now for this show that you did the first show? That was two thousand and six. Oh my god, that's ten years ago. Yeah. That is 10 yeah. years ago. You were 30 and this was going on. And yeah. so, oh, wow. I'm, I'm like super impressed that that – and from then on, did you like ditch painting or were you – you were all about no, photo? No, I mean I quickly – photos quickly took over. So painting, painting still was around and I still like um, – I miss it so much. I mean it's completely not around now but in my July that I'm taking off, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start painting again. Um, but I um, – Painting just started to wean out. I, um, about two years later, I shut my painting studio down and because I just wasn't using it. Um, and uh, I just become obsessed with photography. So the nine or 2008, sorry, I got a, I got a representation by a gallery in Melbourne for my photo work. Um, and then I was, you know, I had to shoot for that, um, produce work for them for some shows. And, um, yeah, it just became – my art photography just became my new obsession, I guess. Yeah. So you started as like a painter artist, went uh, photography artist, and then yeah. got into weddings. But I'm yeah. still curious, what kind of painting was it? What, what like medium or was it all kinds? Um, you know, it was all kinds, I guess. It was like um, I was using a lot of um, like oil-based house paints. Oh, um, yeah, and pencils, uh, and so it was kind of um, lots of movement, uh, non-figurative stuff, okay. um, quite abstract, um, big again, huge like two meters by two meters, like big big canvases. Um, wow, um, just like little subtle tweaks, are, uh, you know, amongst lots of big 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 thick movements of paint. Um, I suppose it's hard to describe. <laughs> So those two kind of the small pencil and the big brush strokes, that kind of yeah, yeah, that's right. And I I mix acrylic and oil so that the um, the oil would crack through the acrylic and give a really nice sort of texture as well. So it was um, and that was always I was always it was always evolving, you know. I was always playing with it, but um, and yeah, how early? Okay, so back up like thirty years before that. Yeah, where were you? Where were you being born? Because now I now I have to hear the the story leading <laughs> up to it. <laughs> well, my dad's an artist, and um, uh, so I grew up all around it. Um, so, I mean, you know, I think I went through the stand. Like, aside from that, I mean, I went through this standard boy stuff growing up. You know, like I grew up and 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 you know, I would I was a you know did a lot of athletics when I was younger and played sports. But then I ventured into skating and. You know, then I ventured into music, and that was sort of the trend. And you know, and, then, and, and by so skating, on. Skating, so you mean like um, skateboard. I like skateboarding. Yeah, because in Sweden that might be mean ice skating. <laughs> like, oh, right, okay. I okay. know, oh, yeah, definitely <laughs> that cold here. <laughs> um, yeah, no. When I was younger, like I had uh, my dad 
I used to, I used to sketch family portraits for pocket money. <laughs> so, um, I was sketching a lot first. So I used to sketch, I used to enter a lot of drawing competitions through school and, um, and so pencils and lead and sketch was like where I started. And then, um, I used to like get anatomy books, um, open up the, um, encyclopedias that my parents bought, the Encyclopedia Britannica. And I'd go through like some of the anatomy sections and, and, and draw the human body with pencil and, um, you know, draw dinosaurs and skulls and funny little things. But anyway, so I realized I could do some portraits. So I, I, um, started sketching people and their families for some money on the side when I was about 12, 13. That's Um, crazy. You were like, uh, you were like, you should have been born on the streets of like Montmartre (laughs) or something in Paris. Yeah, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Absolutely. I wouldn't mind. That'd be fine. As long as it's warm. Um, yeah. And, uh, I guess, so that was always there, you know, and then that, that just sort of, I, I lost interest a little, I was always, I was always, you know, drawing. So that was always something I always did. My dad was always painting and sculpting. Um, and I just grew up with that. And my brothers are real, my brothers are talented, both talented artists. You have two brothers. Um, yeah, I've got two brothers and a sister. Okay. Wow. Big family. And what about your mom? No, mum and my sister, they don't have any artistic, uh, nothing in between them, which is, <laughs> which we give them a hard time about all the time. But no, none of them got, got any, any of the artistic stuff at all. Uh, no. Oh, that's funny. They, so what, what, what's their thing? I mean. Yeah, you know what? They're like just engineers or. No, they're just not, you know, my sister's really fit. <laughs> She's a fitness instructor. Okay. <laughs> she makes, she, you know, she tries to get us boys in shape sometimes. She makes us vomit. Um, she makes you what? Uh, puke, you know. Yeah, like that's, she, that, okay, that is what I thought. Well, oh, by working yeah. out so much. By working out, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's not like bulimia. No, 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 no not after <laughs> your meal. It becomes very expensive. <laughs> Sorry, I got confused there for a second. But... Yeah, different sort of family. Yeah, but, um, yeah, no, they don't, you know what? No, mum, no, mum is, mum and Megan, they're just, uh, they're just, they're just cool, cool cool girls. <laughs> they, don't, they don't really have, um, neither of them really have hobbies or anything. They yeah, just, they don't um, have like a, they're like this way. No. No, that, no, that's right. They just, they just are just awesome at living. Yep. <laughs> and you guys are artists. Yeah. So are they working artists, your brothers as well? Or are they, or are they working in creative fields? No, no. So they, they, they're not, um, they're both working, for good causes, though they got their work for um, non-profit organisations, so they take care of, um, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, dad, single dads that are are doing it rough, so that are living on the streets or whatever. So they sort of work as part of a company that sort of helps home them or rehouse them and do all that sort of stuff. So that's their thing. But um, my brother Luke is still regularly painting, and he shows his works at markets and sells his works at fairs and all that sort of stuff. So it's not his full-time thing, but he still does it. But he does it. Wow. That's, that's yeah. really cool. So then yeah. in your, in your teens, you said you, when you were 12, you were sketching for money, you started to yeah. switch over and do more, more of the art stuff or when did it become like a passion? A passion. The art became a passion. I think, um, when I was about 19, like it, that's when it became a passion. I think, um, uh, so when I'd moved out of home mm-hmm. and, um, 
you know, started just drinking, you know, I was excited. So, you know, I was drinking every night and I, at the time I was, you know, smoking cigarettes and I was really just into that scene, you know, like I, we, I was around a lot of artists and, and I thought, you know, and so I just started, I was playing music. Actually music came first, um, at back in that. So 17, I started playing music a lot more. Right. Um, and then, um, and then sort of painting came back in a couple of years after that. And so, and have yeah. those two things ever been kind of like collided in any way? I mean, or have they been like separate parts of you? No, they've been separate parts of me, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They've been different worlds. It's um, interesting that you've had two such big like passions or what you want to call it, activities, hobbies. Mm-hmm. They take a lot of time and then the full-time job. So did you study yeah. either of these things after like sort of high school or no, did you go- no, I've actually never studied any. I've not studied photography or painting or music. They all just were things that just happened. I think that's why maybe I do them and I love them. Maybe yeah. if I studied, I wouldn't have liked doing them. <laughs> I'm not sure. I probably, just, probably, I would definitely yeah, inclined to you know, agree with you there. Yeah, I had a few. A lot of friends go through school of music or go through art school and come out the other side, and they just don't want to see another instrument or don't want to do another piece of art. Um, I'm not saying everyone's like that, of course, you know, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've never really been, never, never really done well in academic kind of environments. So I'm not sure if I'd studied either of any of those things, I, I probably would have. Yeah. The joy would have been taken away maybe. Yeah, I think so. I think ignorance is bliss. You know, I think for me, um, I kind of kid, kidded myself, just convinced myself at each stage that, this potentially could be something that I could make a career out of. So with, 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 um, my music, I was convinced that I was going to be able to make a career out of my music, you know, and that's what kept me going. That's what kept me working so hard for so many years at it. Um, and I loved it obviously, but I, but I think I loved the excitement. It was exciting to think that I was actually getting somewhere. And then it was the same with my painting and my art. It was like, I'm actually going to be able to do this, you know, like, I'm selling my art. I'm getting representation. I'm getting a bit of traction in the media with it. I'm going to be able to do this. This is exciting, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And then they would each replace each other. You know, then photography came along. So before I got to be like, oh, I, I failed at painting, it was like, well, it doesn't matter what happens with painting because photography is my thing now. So, but then eventually photography was the first one out of all those passions that was actually. Um, gave me an income, you know, that I could actually depend on. And, and, and quit has like the, the, the so-called air quotes again, career, has that been a driving force for you? Like what I heard you say was kind of that excitement that like a, kind of making it big was mm-hmm. keeping you going somehow or were, was it like day by day I'm enjoying what, I, where I, what I'm doing right now? And photography. Um, I think when I started out, it was the, the initial, it, there was, there's always, a, there was always, there's always been a different goal for me. Like, um, when I started out, it was, well, if I can make some money by doing this, oh, sorry, no, no. So when I started out initially, it was like, I love this. This is why I did the show. I didn't do the show for money. I did the show because I wanted to create something that I was proud of and then have people come to a gallery and see what I've done and, enjoy it with me over some champagne and some red wine. Um, 
not a good mix, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, and so that was a little goal. And, you know, then I can sell some, fantastic, you know. And then after that, it was like, oh, I'd love to get represented. Imagine if I got gallery representation, you know. So then that was something that I achieved. And so then my goal shifted again. And then it was like, well, what if I can get represented in this gallery? Or what if I can, you know, what if I can sell enough work to make a living out of it? Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, I wouldn't keep doing it if I didn't love it. You know, and I think with photography, it was a similar thing. It was like, um, oh, sorry, when I went to weddings, you know, it was like, um, oh, this is cool. Like, I actually just got paid for doing this thing um, that wasn't my government job. You know, that's yeah. that's pretty good. And then um, I got paid more. And then you know, all oh, more and more clients are finding me, and they're wanting to book me and spend money on me. So I was going, wow, this is giving me heaps of, um, heaps of confidence and encourage. It was really encouraging. Yeah. And so that was my goal is to just get enough bookings. And then after my, I was getting enough bookings, my goal was to get my work known by my peers. And so I wanted my boat recognized by my peers through whatever means, competitions or whatever, getting it out there. And then of course, you know, when you get recognized by your peers, then you just want your business to be a successful business and then you want life balance and then you want to get busy, but then you want to slow down. <laughs> so, you know, it comes around full circle. It's, it's funny how you're so right about that. It's like two opposing forces in a way. Like I yeah. want to grow this part yet with age maybe too. Part of it is like, okay, but yet I also want to like, be mindful of what's what's important here but but um are you what's the next thing now i mean like now you're like a you're a rock star in the in the wedding photography industry so do you have like oh the next goal is to you know you know the world or what (laughs) yeah no i think for me the next i'm at the stage with myself now where my next goal is just my my personal health and my um life balance and um oh you know just taking it back a couple of notches so that's kind of i'm tr- i'm working that one out now so i i feel like i um obviously i need to stay in business i need to i would like to stay relevant um i think any artist wants to um, so it's important for me to, to, to stay relevant and stay in business. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to do it by burning myself out anymore. So, um, you know, ne- uh, next year will be the first year that I've given myself a tight cap on weddings. So I'm going to just cap it at 25 weddings and not shoot anymore. Um, and, um, that will free up a lot more time for me to sort of focus on, on myself and, my relationships with my friends and my family. Um, and, um, you know, for me, I can put a money, I can put a monetary value on that. I've learned that I've learned that much, you know, like you don't need to be earning. I don't need to be, you know, shooting an extra 15, 20 weddings, um, a year just, you know, I mean, it depends what your goals are. But for me, I'm just not prepared to. My body won't do it. I won't do it. Not, not now. I'm, I need to just maybe after a year of 25 weddings, I might refuel and want to go out hard again. But Right. Is that part of the uh, I don't the 40 crisis, you think, of you kind of pulling back? Or is it just – has it been in the making? No, I've been, or... 
It's been in the making for a long time. I've been saying this. A lot of my friends listening to this will, will laugh. Like, I've been saying this for the last three years, four years, but this is the first time I've actually capped it. Like, this is the first time I've, I'm already saying, I'm already, emails are coming in now, and I've, I'm, I've been saying I'm not available for dates that I'm available for. Okay. And I'm like, oh, wow. So you've already, you've already chosen which, which dates you're not going to take a wedding. No, like I've, I've just booked my 25. They're booked. So oh, they're yeah. done. So your so now, 2017 is booked, is completely. Uh, my, no, my 16, 17, so financial year. So I do it in the financial year. So for, I don't know if it's what it's like over there, but for us it's from July through to June. Okay. Is a, is a season. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so that's a, that's the season. So, so for sixteen, seventeen season. So from July two thousand and sixteen to June two thousand and seventeen, I booked my twenty five weddings. Wow. So in that window, now I'm not taking any more bookings for that for that time. So I'll take bookings for the seventeen, eighteen season. Right, right, right. But not the sixteen, seventeen season. Yeah. And what what kind of other um, stuff are you so, planning then for the sixteen, seventeen season? Like for, that are for you. What like for myself? Yeah. What what I'm mean, like? Do you have any trips or any goals of like, like you said, working out or what? What are the kinds of things that you're gonna? Yeah. Focus well, on. I think just just just. I'm going to focus a lot just on self-care and my relationships, my friends and families, because in the last, in the last few years, uh, um, you know, my only friends that I've got now, and this isn't like an only thing because some of the best friends I've made in my life are all photographers, you know, some of my best mates to this day are my photographer friends. Um, and I'm grateful to have met everyone. I've met so many amazing people in the last few years, you know, um, but a lot of my friends aren't photographers from my, it feels like a lifetime that was uh, three years ago, two years ago. I just don't have any contact with anymore. And, um, and that's the way life goes. I'm not going to try and force something that isn't, isn't working, but I just, I'm never home and, um, I don't get to see my family as much as I'd like to. And I don't get to harness those relationships with those people that aren't necessarily in my industry. Um, yeah. And, I guess I miss that. I miss those people and I miss, I miss my family a lot. And, um, you know, I want to just, I don't know, just want to be home a bit more, you know? Yeah. Um, I still shoot my, shoot my, you know, now you have a fiance and and you have a wedding to plan too. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I'm going to plan my own wedding. You know, I, uh, I got it. You know, I've been, I've been doing a lot of just the last, last say six, six months or so I've really been, you know, I've been exercising like uh, mindfulness and meditation and eating well and doing all those sorts of things to try and keep myself on track. Um, cool. But that's to help me out with um, a few other things, um, uh, uh, like with you know some of my anxiety stuff as well. It just helps. Le- it helps level me out. So I've just discovered meditation in the last six months, and it's just been a game changer. So um, I'd like to get a bit more into that. And um, what do you? What does? Yeah, you know, see. What does the anxiety look like? I mean, how does that – I mean, I, 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 so many people oh, it's suffer just, from know, it. So it's – do you mind talking about yeah. it? Yeah, I'm comfortable talking about it. Yeah. I, 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 I have like, – I, I sort of drew the short straw a little bit. So I kind of like have symptoms of agoraphobia as well as a few other little bits. And I get pretty, pretty, um, pretty severe panic attacks. So um, – 
Wow. It's not that I have daily anxiety, but I, I have daily awareness of it. And so, you know, sometimes it's a little more crippling than others. And the, the trouble that I have is that, um, you know, I, especially if, I, if I'm in like countries that I don't feel that I'm safe. You were saying oh. that when you travel in countries where you you don't feel super familiar. Oh, it's it's the fun. It's just our. It's just kind of funny, you know, the career that I've ended up in, which actually has me in all sorts of funny little places around the world. Um, it, you know, I, I get sort of <laughs> stuck with this disorder. That's um, it, it. You know, I'm not. I'm I'm not super great in um, overly crowded or overly empty spaces. Okay, um, wow. and, uh, I'm also not very good if I know that I'm not, if I'm a long way from a hospital or something like that. So it's just, but I mean, you know, I, I manage it, I manage it pretty well these days. It's just that I have some, you know, some, 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 some weaker, weaker months and some stronger months, you know? So, um, it's just one thing I've found that's, that's helped a lot with that is, um, is, uh, is just, uh, you know, exercising a little bit of mindfulness or meditation every day. So I do about 10 minutes a day in the morning and 10 minutes at night. Oh, and wow. uh, it's helped me out a lot. Oh, that's great. And, and so it goes kind of in, in waves, like pretty, it sounds like for yeah. weeks or months. So it's not like day by day. No, it's kind of like, but you know what though? It's, 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 um, I've been, this has been going on in my life since I was 20. Um, and so, uh, but it's escalated a lot more in the last few years and it's just because I found myself, you know, probably run down a lot more in the last few years um, and probably a little bit, you know, going through funny time zones and, you know, working really hard, you know, and and not and probably not taking care of myself as much as I should. So, right. you know, when you're, you're when your immune system's down or you're dehydrated or you're not think if you're not physically in good shape, you're um, mentally, you're going to be affected as well. So you're not as strong sometimes mentally to sort of um, combat, um, say, a a panic attack ever comes on. You you have a lot less strength to stop it. Um, And so I find that if I sort of exercise my mind um, and just generally just look after myself, um, I'm in a much better place to, first of all, not be in a situation where I get myself into a panic attack, um, but I can be strong enough to talk myself down from one um if it does pop up you know so so um, do you feel you you can feel them coming on obviously like okay you you've yeah feel the signs and then what Mm -hmm. what do you do oh well basically you you, if a panic attack's coming on so i mean you know for people that don't know i mean panic attacks that there isn't anything worse like you know that you really it's it's basically it's a fear of impending doom. So you honestly believe, uh, without doubt, that you're dying. Like you're convinced that you're about to die. So you, you, whatever situation you're in, you think that you're not going to live through it. Um, and oh I, yeah, I can't stress how real it is, though. It, you really believe it. So um, you create these scenarios in your head that your heart's going to stop. Um you know, you're having a heart attack or you're going to pass out or you're running out of breath or something and it just becomes very real and it escalates really quickly. Um, and they can last from four to six minutes, uh, four to six minutes, um, but 
you know, it, it is all in the mind, and um, but it does affect you physically, you know. So your heart rate can go to an incredible, it can go from completely calm, you know, 60 beats a minute, sec, a minute to close to 200 or more within about 30 seconds. It can escalate that quickly, you know. Well, it's, um, I mean, it, so, it, you are literally panicking, so which is the body's way of yeah, being... Yeah. Yeah, you're panicking. You're panicking. You're, it's it's fight or flight. That's what happens. Right, so you right. you go into a really really severe panic, and you you're irrational. So I've just been taught a few techniques from some good head doctors, and um, this app that I listen to, and they're just some techniques that just help me regulate my breathing and and realize, understand my body, and understand anxiety, and understand that I don't. You don't need to fight it. It's just something that's part of. It's in all of us, you know. Um, it just pops up in some of us a bit more than others. So it's it's more accepting it rather than fighting against it. The more you fight it, the more it's going to 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 sort of take over. Um, so it's sort of just sort of being at peace with what's happening, and that sort of um, helps you remain calm and stops it escalating. Funnily enough, and do they do they come? Do they tend to come like oh great at the like worst time ever, or is it like when when you are kind of you do release and have like you have been working a lot, but it's like your day off and that your your body's like yeah yeah you know what you know when it happens it's if I'm working it, it doesn't happen if I'm busy I'm preoccupied it doesn't happen it only happens if I've got too much time in my head okay so um, I find myself it'll happen just randomly if I'm at home something in the middle of the day. Um, you know, and I'm the, I haven't got enough sleep that night, and all of a sudden I've started to think about, you know, something, you know, anything, yeah, yeah, you know, like yeah. I might have seen something on the news that day, and I've realised that I started thinking about the human heart for too much and how the mechanics of the body works, and then I think to myself, this doesn't make sense that all these bits, these moving parts, are making this body. How can how yeah, can yeah. Um, it, it not break? And then all of a sudden, my heart rate will get a bit quicker. Then I think, oh shit, something's going wrong. My breath's short. Before I know it, I'm getting lightheaded because of this, and it's escalating quickly. And then I'm, I think I'm having a heart attack, and I'm running around the house. I'll try to call an ambulance, and before you know it, you're in, you just, it just, full, you're in trouble. Full panic attack. Yeah, and so, yeah, and um, I get that. I that's mean, kinda happens, yeah, you know, it happens, and and you know, but you know, the last the last really bad one I had was in the London London Underground um, in in. Uh, in, uh, it was in London. I was trying to think of which one it was. It was one of the underground stations. Okay. And uh, it was just all of a sudden I realized as I was going down lower and lower and lower, I was like, wow, we're, yeah. down, really, we're down really far. You know, there's thousands of people running around us. Yeah, yeah. And then I thought to myself, what if something went wrong? How would someone get to me? And then all of a sudden it was just really, it got really ugly very quickly. Andrea had to get me out of there. Um, and, uh yeah, I th- but I thought I was going to die under there. I thought 100% I was gone. Um, wow, that, that must be, I mean, so scary. It is, it is. It's like you, you can't get more scared. Like you, you really no, can't. No, really, like I it's, mean, that's, it's that's what, what it is. That's life yeah. and death, obviously. It is, yeah. You really believe <sighs> it. So, um, so it's horrible. And so for people that, people that suffer panic attacks that are listening, they, they will understand. Um, and, uh, you know, um, it is a horrible thing uh, to go through. But if they are listening, um, I do recommend an app called Headspace. Um, it's just really, really great. It's helped me out a lot. It's helped a lot of other people with anxiety as well. Um, oh, cool. And, um, yeah, it's really – it's 
yeah, give it a go because um, I was really skeptical at first, but 10 minutes a day, it's just really helped level me out. Um, and then, like you said, so yeah. sleeping and eating and just keeping your sleeping. body, like your immune system strong and stuff. Exactly. Exactly right. Like being hungover doesn't help, you know. So, yeah. you know, I always sort of anticipate that if, I've, if I'm going to have a big night, I can always predict that I'm going to be probably a little bit more susceptible the next day to one. So yeah. I've just got to bear that in mind and keep my fluids up and, and make sure I get food in my belly nice and early and don't go and down any subways, um, you know. So it's just being, it's just sort of being aware of like, you know, what's going to trigger these things and, and putting yourself in a position to better take care of yourself when it happens, you know. So well, yeah. I guess that's a lot, the long-winded version of sort of the big picture of starting to uh, – look, I don't, I don't think they're ever going to go away. I think it's just more – you know, I just want to, you know, um, slow things down. It's just been going a million miles an hour for the last few years. And I think it's just time that I just reined it back a little bit and, um, you know, just reshifted my priorities a ton. I mean, still, still, you know, still work and still do a good job at my, with my weddings, but just, um, uh, just not be away or go as crazy as I've been going. And no, you, I mean, knowing your limits too and knowing what's what's everything comes at a cost you know as well yeah um, that's right exactly right it's money in but it's also other stuff maybe out time and all that stuff that you're talking about i mean i really appreciate you sharing that because i know it's probably not easy to i mean to talk about but it's um it's yeah it's real it's a real it's a real thing you know i think and I think a lot of people running businesses, uh, you know, it's very easy because we're so, you know, um, so much relies on it, you know, like your livelihood depends on your business, you know, and your livelihood depends. I mean, it's very easy for us to get caught up, um, get caught up in the glitter, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and it is great. I'm not going to deny it. You know, I've had a fantastic, I've had such a great, I've had such a great run. I'm so happy with wherever everything's landed for me in the photography world. Um, uh, and I wouldn't change any of it. Um, but yeah, I think for me, I think it's just, you know, understanding and knowing, you know, if things are starting to break around you, um, that you need to adjust accordingly, you know? So, um, (laughs) excuse me. So for me, (laughs) yeah, totally. I think, you know, I just, I've identified that, Number one, you know, I feel like I'm tired a lot and I need, and I'm away from home too much and I don't see my friends and family enough. So, um, I want to get on it. You um, want to fix that. Really, yeah, that's cool. I want to fix that. Yeah. And what, um, what kind of stuff are you going to be talking about at way up north? I'm, I, I assume you haven't writ- written that <laughs> yet, but I mean, um, yeah. what's no, going- I think mm, I'm going to, um, I'm going to talk about like that. I think one of the, the, the major topics is the subtleties of separation, you know, and, and common sense really. So um, for me, I find that when I started shooting, um, uh, uh, things started, thank, I mean, I'm grateful, you know, um, but things started to happen pretty quickly, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I attribute a lot of it to um, to a couple of things and, and a lot of it is really – common sense stuff that I think gets overlooked by a lot of people. Um, I, I heard, uh, actually, a mate of mine, Steve Saparito, who does a lot of sort of um, 
business coaching and stuff. Um, he mentioned I was he, I was in at WPPI. I was sitting in. I needed some time out, so I was sitting on the stairs in the casino somewhere, had a few beers, and um, <laughs> I was talking to him about talking to him. And he comes along and goes, "Yeah, what are you doing?" You know, so I'm just having some time out to myself just for a little bit. And um, I know that my co- common sense came up. I was talking to him about common sense, and he goes, "Well, you know, Dan, common sense isn't that common." Yeah, that's <laughs> just like you, you know, it's so true, Steve, and uh, it's really stuck with me. You know, so um, for me, I feel like cool. I feel like I'm, yeah, I think in business, I feel like in business, I'm good at common sense, and um, I feel like it's one of my strengths, <laughs> and I think also. Um, Another strength I feel like that's worked for me anyway is never really doing anything too dramatic in my in my marketing or in my business to stand out. You know, I, it's just a bunch of lots of little tiny pieces, lots of little little things, little subtleties. So um, I guess I'm going to talk through um, lots of little subtleties to help sort of separate yourself cool. from uh, from the crowd, and so. Yeah, that's that's the general basis of my talk. Yeah, good. Um, well, yeah, don't go deeper because then uh, it'll be spoiler alert here. But um, yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> but that's uh, first of all, that sounds super interesting, and you strike me as kind of person who, I mean, wow, you have so many. You're like an onion, like so many different layers that. Um, it's like everything you say is like, well, oh, okay, that's a completely new dimension or part or interest or um, talent or experience that you have. So, well, so maybe that's like, maybe that's the, the 40 years coming to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on peeling of the <laughs> onion. Yeah, give this enough. Give me, it's given me enough time to do a few things. <laughs> yeah, but you, I like it's. Um, all these experiences that you've had and different sides, I think have are like culminating into a good, a really awesome 40 year old. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm taking that as a huge compliment. Uh, Well, you should. I mean, talking to you has been like super interesting and, and obviously I'm going to be at, at way up North. So it'll be, it'll be nice to meet you in person, but um, oh, definitely. I can't wait to high five you. It'll be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that sounds interesting. I like, I think we're going to round it off a little bit because we've been talking for a while, but I, I feel like we could talk for hours to come, yeah. but um, I'm going to let you yeah. go to bed. It's late by you. Um, thank you for sharing all of that yeah. and for being so open. I think, um, yeah, it's rare and it's interesting. And I think a lot of people can identify with some of the challenges you spoke about too. So I want to thank you for being oh, so thanks, open. Yeah. No, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, thanks for asking. Like, thanks for the conversation. Really, it's been a <laughs> great chat. It's been a really yeah. good chat. It's been yeah, unlike other sorts of conversations or interviews that you know are out there. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks. I, I did too. Um, we um, we'll be in touch, but. Um, I uh, will see you in a few months. I hope that yeah. you have a nice month of July off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold you accountable you so to that and yeah. like uh, check in with you and afterwards and make sure yeah. you you really did it. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I think yeah, you won't be the only one, but I, I I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get get up in my barn and and do some painting and try not to do any work at all. So I'll see how we go. <laughs> okay, and we look forward to hearing more about 
about your upcoming wedding and all that kind of stuff. That'll have to be another follow-up interview because I have a million more questions. Uh, totally. but talking to you was, uh, was totally. really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Take care of that cold. Thanks for everything. Yeah, you too. Cheers. All right. Take care. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.